Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, a commentary from MNN's Bill Werner on the hashtag MeToo movement, winter fun at state parks, and a preview of the 2018 Super Bowl breakfast in Minneapolis. But first, Senator Al Franken returned to work this week amid several allegations of harassment and calls from many for him to resign. I spoke with Franken about the allegations and what he plans to do to regain Minnesotans' trust. What do you say to Minnesotans, including people who have supported you, who are disappointed and even in some cases calling for your resignation, uh, and who say maybe apologizing isn't enough? Well, um... Uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I have uh, apologized for to, uh, and I apologize to all the people that I've let down to uh, people in Minnesota, to my friends, my supporters, uh, my colleagues, and uh, and especially everyone who who counts on me to be a champion and an ally uh, to women. Uh, so I'm trying to take responsibility. I also am going to hold, be held accountable. I'm cooperating fully with the ethics uh, committee investigation. And um, I'm going to work to regain the trust of the people I let down. I've also been doing some listening and reflecting so that I can make a uh, positive contribution in this conversation that we're having as a nation, which is a conversation we need to be having. And um, uh, as a result of this, I hope to be a better public servant and a better man. Senator Franken, I'm curious, what specifically do you plan to do to regain Minnesotans and Americans' trust? Well, one is I'm going to go back to my job, and I'm, you know we have a couple of very important hearings this week on uh, the confirmation hearing for the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary. This is uh, somebody who was uh, uh, worked in the, uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, and uh, he, you know, his company made a lot of money by spiking prices, and so I'm going to be asking tough questions in hearings. I'm going to continue to do that. That's a role I've played in the Senate. I'm also going to be working in these areas that um, I care about, including uh, on on women's issues. One of the first bills I ever did was to to make sure that women who work for military contract trackers could go to court if there's been sexual assault. And I was very proud of that. And that's why uh, and I have other measures along those lines that are active now and working with my colleagues on those. And um, so I'm just going to, I know this isn't going to happen overnight. I know there aren't any magic words that I can say, but I'm going to um, be working day in and day out for the people of Minnesota, as I always have. Senator, the Leanne Tweeden groping photo, you've admitted there's no excuse for it. Your first statement on the matter about how it was meant to be funny but wasn't was criticized as being a kind of a weak response. I'm wondering, what was your initial reaction when you saw that photo just over a week ago? Well, I was, you know, uh, embarrassed. 
And you're right, there's no excuse for that photo. It's not a groping photo. It's, um, but my intent on that photo doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that um, I just had no, uh, I did not have her consent to take that photo. She was asleep. She had every right to feel violated by that photo. I apologized to Leanne, and she graciously accepted my apology, which I'm very grateful for. Senator, regarding the allegations of, of butt-grabbing while getting your picture taken with women, you've said it's possible that that could have happened. You've taken thousands of pictures over the years, but there are some that are skeptical that you wouldn't remember doing such a thing, especially if it's happened multiple times. What do you say to those skeptics? Look, I, I just meet tens of thousands of people in Minnesota every year, and I take thousands of photographs. I'm a warm person. I hug people. Um, I, you know, have, have learned from these recent stories that in, in some of those, uh, encounters, I crossed the line for some women, some women, and I know that any number is too many. And, uh, I have thought a lot about this in recent days about how this could happen. I would never intentionally, uh, do that. But I recognize that I need to be more careful and sensitive in these situations, and I feel terrible that I've made some women feel bad, and for that, I am, I am so sorry. So, and I want to make sure this never happens again. And so let me just say to Minnesotans that I'm, I'm sorry for putting them through this, and I'm, I'm committed to regaining their trust. Senator, you've said you do not plan to resign if another accuser or more accusers come forward. Does that change? I am not going to speculate. Look, if you had said to me two weeks ago that anyone was going to say that I had made them feel disrespected, I would have been, I would have been surprised. I, I, I would not have guessed that would have, would happen. So I'm not going to speculate about any of this. This is... Um, you know, this was a shock to me. And late this week, another accuser did come forward saying Franken cupped her breast at a photo op during a USO tour in 2003. We'll have all the latest updates as the story develops. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Don't let the cold weather stop you from heading out to a state park this winter. MNN's Tasha Radel says there are hundreds of family-friendly events being offered over the next few months, and some even include hot chocolate and cookies. That's right, Scott. I think there's a misconception out there that Minnesota state parks and trails are closed over the winter months. Joining me now to clear the air is Pat Arndt with Minnesota State Park and Trails, a division of the DNR. Our Minnesota State Parks and Trails are open year-round, 365 days. I think sometimes people associate us with the summer and they think, oh, once the fall color is over, we close down. But we don't. They're, the doors are open uh, all year-round. And with the warmer temps, um, a lot of people are getting out and just going for a hike these days. You don't need much equipment and you don't need to bundle up. So people are getting out and just enjoying that. And we do have camping at some of our parks year-round, um, and you can go online to our website and see where you can go camping in the winter. And then we also have 
something really, some really fun lodging options. We've got camper cabins, which are just little log cabins. They don't have water or bathrooms or anything in them, but they do have heat and electricity and little bunk beds and a little table in them. And people just love getting out and staying in a camper cabin in the winter. You feel kind of adventuresome when there's a foot of snow on the ground and it's 20 degrees and you're staying in this little uh, camper cabin. And then we also have yurts at three of our state parks right now. And our yurts are basically um, kind of a cross between going camping with a tent and a camper cabin. So you can stand up in them, um, but they have canvas on the side instead of a wood side to them. They also have wood stoves, so um, you can stay nice and toasty. So we just suggest that people come out, bring your snowshoes, bring your cross-country skis, or some people just like the coziness of the camper cabins and the yurts, and they bring a book and they bring their tea, and they they sit indoors and and watch the snow fall outside. And then if you want all the amenities, you want the showers, you want the, um, like, just a kind of a mini kitchen and a refrigerator and those sorts of amenities, we have the four-season suites at Itasca State Park. And I think not a lot of people know about them. uh, We've had them for about 10 years now. Um, and they have discounted prices from November 1st through Memorial Day weekend. They're normally about 150 a night, so for 105 a night, um, you can go and stay and have all the comforts of home and uh, stay amongst those towering pines at Itasca State Park. And, you know, for people that are sitting here kind of, whether they're sitting at home or driving in their car, wondering, gosh, what does a yurt look like? What does this uh, four-season suite look like, cab- camper cabins? You really have a detailed description and beautiful photos of this on your website, correct? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for mentioning that, Tasha. Yeah, if you just go to mndnr.gov and just follow the links, then you'll be able to take virtual tours. We have lots of photos so you can see what kind of facility you'd be staying in before you actually go there. That's a really great idea for people to just go online, take a look before you reserve. And then you can reserve it before you go so you know you've got a spot waiting for you uh, when you arrive. And I'm going to switch gears a little bit, Pat, before we run out of time. But another favorite thing of mine is all the different interpretive programs that go on through the year at state parks. And they continue this winter as well. Can you tell us and give us some examples of those programs? Oh, sure. Absolutely. These programs are so fun and they're family-friendly. And most of them are free with the purchase of a vehicle permit to get into a a park. So just give you a little sampling of what we have going on in the next weekend and weeks coming up. We have a winter camping program at William O'Brien State Park, which is just north of the Twin Cities. And we'll have somebody from North Star Canoes, the general manager, who will come out and show people how to stay warm in the cold and how to take on winter camping. So he'll talk about clothing, safety, how to sleep comfortably through a long winter night. Um, And, you know, that's really kind of a little badge of honor. gives you bragging rights if you do go winter camping. Um, It's not something to be afraid of. Um, I think he will also be talking about uh, some of the places where you can just rent equipment, too. So it's not something that you necessarily want to get into right away. You can just go out and rent some things and, and take your family or go with a group of friends. So that's one example. 
Um, we're doing things like making holiday nature ornaments at Whitewater State Park, which is down in southeast Minnesota. Just bring your kids out, make a nature ornament, and then, you know, we suggest while you're in the park to take a hike. Um, and then at Fort Snelling State Park, which is in the Twin Cities, in the heart of the Twin Cities, right below the airport, um, they're going to talk with you about what, hap- what animals do to prepare for winter or the things that they have been doing already. So they, they fatten up and put on thicker coats. Some of us have done some of that too. <laughs> um, and then find out what else they have to do to get ready for the season ahead. So that's just a sampling, and all of these programs are listed online. If you go to mndnr.gov, again, and just follow the links to state parks and the event calendar. And you can see that there are programs going on all around the state. So no matter where you live, there's probably something within maybe only half an hour, but an hour or two drive. Um, And it's a great way to get out in the winter. Thanks again to my guest, Pat Arndt, with Minnesota State Parks and Trails, a division of the DNR. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesota sports fans are getting more and more excited for the approaching Super Bowl. The reality is most won't get tickets to the game, but there are some other things happening that might offer a chance for fans to get connected to the Super Bowl feel. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm has one such event. Scott, the 2018 Super Bowl breakfast will be held on Saturday, February 3rd at the Minneapolis Hilton. Terry Bortz is the director for special projects for Athletes in Action, who helps organize the faith-based breakfast. We've been doing the Super Bowl breakfast for 31 years, and it's one of about five NFL-sanctioned events that will happen the weekend of the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of people from the host city think, I can't get a ticket for the game, so I can't be involved, and that's not true at all. There's a lot of great events going on, but we feel like ours is a really inspirational event and 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 will provide a lot of encouragement as well as entertainment and so the centerpiece of our program is going to be the presentation of the Bart Starr Award mm-hmm. and for those listeners who are familiar with Bart Starr he was MVP in Super Bowls one and two um, with the Green Bay Packers quarterback and he um, had a stroke in 2014 unfortunately but from 2000 from what from 1989 until 2014 he and his wife were at the breakfast every single year to personally present the award and he was very involved in the whole selection process and absolutely loved what these guys stood for because the award is for outstanding character integrity and leadership on and off the field mm-hmm. and he would get so upset at all the guys who were making mistakes who were getting all the headlines and these guys that were given back to the community and living lives of integrity weren't getting any recognition at all and so um, so since he's had his stroke you know we had a problem we had the Bart Star award and mm-hmm. no Bart Star and so so we looked around the league and thought, who could stand in for Bart Starr? And it was Tony Dungy. And <laughs> great local connection. He played at the University of Minnesota, was an assistant for the Vikings as well, and uh, oftentimes makes his way back to the Twin Cities. So here, uh, kind of a natural fit. And what a wonderful man, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Tony. And he's been on our program for 
My gosh, I've been doing this for 26 years, and he's been on the program for so long, I can't remember a time when he wasn't on. And so we have a great relationship with him. And um, so he will be there along with Bart's son, Bart Starr Jr., to personally present the award this year. Take us into a breakfast. You said you've done this for 31 years. Uh, if uh, a corporation wants to bring a group of workers or somebody just on their own says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in this because that's my cup of tea, so to speak, how can they get involved? Right. So our audience is mostly business executives and mostly local business executives. We don't invite everybody coming in from out of town for the game. We want the people from the Twin Cities to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And when they come in, they're going to, for the first half of the show, they're going to hear stories that they don't hear anywhere else. We've done specials on the Ice Bowl where we had seven players from the Cowboys and Packers who actually played in the Ice Bowl two years ago in San Francisco celebrating Super Bowl 50. We had guys who had multiple Super Bowl rings like Mike Ditka and Jerry Kramer and Steve Young and uh, Roger Staubach. We get some of the biggest names in the NFL on our program. Mm -hmm. And the best thing for people to do to get more information and to purchase tickets is to go to our website at SuperBowlBreakfast.com. Who have been some of the past winners? I know there's very familiar names of of, uh, players who have won the Bart Starr Award. Right. Well, starting way back when, Mm -hmm. it was um, Anthony Munoz and Reggie White and um, Mike Singletary, Chris Carter has won it. And then more recently, it's been Matthew Slater of the um, Patriots, whose dad won it in 96 when he played Jackie Slater played for the Rams and then his son Matthew won it this past year first time ever a father son has won the award so that was really special but then Peyton Manning Drew Brees Aaron Rodgers Jason Witten some pretty big names have won it the NFL can use this right I mean this is a positive experience it's a positive inspiration and and a good message because let's face it there's been some things uh, in the NFL here the last couple of years that that haven't shed the league in the greatest of light yeah they're going through a hard time and we do want to highlight those players who are doing the right thing, you know, regardless of what anybody else around them is doing. And so you have these guys who have their own foundations, who give back to the community on a consistent basis, who are constantly out there giving back. And that's who we want to honor. That's Terry Bortz on Minnesota Matters. Again, for more info, log on to SuperBowlBreakfast.com. Scott? Thank you for that, Mike. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. As we explored in the first segment, accusations of sexual harassment continue spreading their tentacles throughout the ranks of the powerful, rich, and famous in Minnesota and across the nation. MNN's Bill Werner has some thoughts on how we might get ourselves out of this mess. Me Too has arrived in Minnesota. And while some say it is here to stay, others wish it would just go away. Me Too means different things to different people. For those who have been sexually harassed, and for their own reasons have kept silent. It means what could finally be a chance to speak out about the pain, or perhaps even to not talk about it, but at least to be assured that it is legitimate and real, and maybe to take the first step toward healing and even forgiveness. I'm tired of talking about this. I am tired of talking over and over and hitting my head against a wall, but I'm not sitting it out. We are going to fight. We are going to fight, and we're going to fight until we do this. We're not going to let this be another wave so that we forget and move on to the next tweet. Again and again the same situation. 
For others, Me Too has entirely different connotations. Some question, why now, so many years later? For them, Me Too really means pile on. Others question the motivations and even the moral character of the accusers. Well, if the shoe fits, or the spiked heel for that matter, then wear it. But it does not change that many women, and some men too, have been victimized by those who abuse their power. The pile-on aspect of Me Too also applies to journalists, myself included, who are either forced to or choose to focus on the sensational and voyeuristic while the underlying problem festers. Albert Einstein once chastised the same sort of people in his profession, declaring, I have little patience with scientists who take a board of wood, look for its thinnest part, and drill a great number of holes where the drilling is easy. In this case, we're dealing with something a lot more important than lumber, and maybe even more important than nuclear physics. We have to wake up as a country and, and uh, you know, make serious changes to our culture, not only here, but through many other legislatures, Washington, D.C., Hollywood, it's all over the place. The problem with this particular problem is that the solution goes well beyond mere lawmaking. Allow me to use an example of a closely related issue in America, namely violence. You might recall a going-on 30-year-old movie called The Fisher King, in which the lead character, played by the late Robin Williams, becomes the victim of a radio shock jock's flippant remark to a lonely listener, who then goes off the deep end. Forgive me! I really have this. They're evil. They're repulsed by imperfection, horrified by the banal, everything that America stands for, everything that you and I fight for, Edwin. They must be stopped before it's too late. It's us or them. It was Mr. Lucas's offhand remark that seemed to have fatal impact on Mr. Melnick. Mark Saffron is on the scene. An after-work hotspot, Babbitt's is popular with single young professionals. Edwin Malnick arrived at the peak hour of 7.15, took one long look at the handsome collection of the city's best and brightest, then removed a shotgun from his overcoat and opened fire. Seven people were killed before Mr. Malnick turned the gun on himself and shot a hole through his head. Representatives of radio cult personality Jack Lucas expressed regret. However, no formal comment has been made. Neighbors of Malnick said he was a quiet man who lived alone. He scarcely knew he was there, said a woman who lived next door to Malnick for 11 years. But today, few will soon forget this lonely man who reached out to a world he knew only through the radio, looking for friendship and finding only pain and tragedy. Mark Saffron, Channel 7 News. This has not by chance been happening more and more often off-screen in America, has it? We, of course, would never do such a thing. But with constant bombardment in social media and the Internet and its close cousins, video games and television, even radio and print, someone is bound to do it at some point. And so we have congregants shot to death in churches and people out for a stroll run down on sidewalks. No, it's not all the fault of the media. We've always had madmen among us. Now they're just acting out more often. I don't know how you prevent people from misbehaving, uh, but there should be consequences, swift and, and uh, consistent consequences. 
And, uh, and if people know their consequences, then um, hopefully that's a deterrent. I think if people think they can get away with it, that just encourages the behavior. And if they see other people doing it and getting away with it, that encourages it further. I was walking along the hallway at the state capitol the other day when I encountered the citizens for whom we need to fix the problem, not only of violence, but of sexual harassment. There they were, their teachers shepherding them through the halls of what will someday be their government. They are not old enough to even conceive of what some of their elders are trying so desperately now to repair. But they will know soon enough and what will seem to be a blink of an eye. As they walk to their future, the rest of us can do what is right. Or, the other option, the players continue playing, and those who are adept at parrying the thrusts continue stroking egos, while the merchants enrich their coffers as people try to attain that which is unattainable. And the scribes profit by peddling titillation in the name of truth. And all the while... People who simply wish to live honestly, out of love, and with some semblance of personal honor. They are the ones, down the generations, who will continue to be hurt. Caught in my struggle for higher achievements and my search for love that don't seem to see. Bill Werner on the Minnesota News Network. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.